Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. We have a great show for you today. But as you know, before we can do that, we got to bring him on. Tom, what is up, buddy? Good evening, Rob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It has been far too long since our last little get-together. We sit down, we talk about the upcoming opening day, the World Baseball Classic. I'm jazzed up. Let's do it. Last Sunday, we were supposed to do a show. We were. And it was my fault. We had little plumbing issues and we went and stayed at a friend's house and I didn't want to do it over there. So it was my fault, folks. But I hope you enjoyed. I think the last few shows we've had interviews. So hopefully you guys have been enjoying that. News from me, as you know, Sunday, April 2nd, I will be going to my first Astros game. And the reason I want to go is this. I want to get the Jeremy Pena ring. I want to get a World Series ring out of the way. And I think most of them are on Wednesday. And this is a Sunday game, and all fans get them. So I think this is a great day to go to the game. Also, I want to go early so that I can buy the Astros Buddy program for my grandson. Because that's a steal. You get that thing for $30. I did it last year, and then I bought four seats and 105 for like $104. And you're talking about $70, $70 a seat. So great deal. Excited about that. Do you have plans to go to your first one? I do not. I am going to see them uh, at Sugarland play the Space Cowboys on the 28th, one of the last uh, spring training games, uh, exhibition games. So the first official game of the season i do not have in the books yet but i am sure that will change very soon if i lived in houston i wouldn't have to plan my trips i'd be like ah, well, hey they're in town tonight ah, let's go i get off work early all right but let me bring this up it's the same subject going to games so i i put a tweet out there that actually ended up on two different astros podcasts and one of them was actually jeff blum on the Bleachers Blum podcast, and he actually called me his buddy, so that was pretty awesome. But they kind of used my tweet as a topic, not to really, like, talk about whether my tweet was good or bad. It was just, like, a topic of conversation. But this other Houston podcast that I never heard of, but I think it's the guys from ESPN, Houston ESPN. And it was Charlie, what's his name? Charlie something. He's been on the show before and I can't think of his name. But when they read it, my tweet was sort of like this, Tom. I'm worried, you know, I'm all for the pitch clock, right? Because 
There was a there was a video of Altuve running the bases seven times in between pitches. So I'm I'm all for the pitch clock. I go, but it seems a little rushed. It seems a little bit rushed. And I'm thinking that when I pay a hundred dollars for a ticket and drive all the way to Houston, that the game's gonna go by too fast. And so this guy was like, Well, I'm all about quality, I'm not about quantity. You know, if you want a long thing, you know, like he was just kind of going off on me in a way, I thought. But my my opinion is I don't want it to go by too fast. I enjoy going to the games. Do I want it to be five hours long? No. Do I care? They, they made it sound like I didn't care if the game was good. I just wanted to be there a long time. I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I understand both sides. I, For me personally, I've I've also lived on both sides of it. I've lived in San Antonio, having to make my you know plans to make it to an Astros game, and now I currently live in Houston, and I can just drop things and go to a game whenever I feel the need to go. So I think there is something to be said for the fan that has to make the trek, that has to plan it out, that they're getting the entire experience, and that we're not racing through a ball game. I think that in the end, we'll probably find a happy medium. I think when anything needs correction, I think the first thing to do is to overcorrect, see that you've overcorrect, then kind of scale it back a little bit. We've already made some suggestions talking about maybe, you know, tweaking the pitch clock a little bit, adding five seconds to each side. I think that would help the game find a, a more comfortable flow. I think you've seen some of the gamesmanship that people have played with with the pitch clock. And, you know, that's that's kind of made some of these games kind of interesting in the fact that it looks like it might be a pitcher's advantage at first glance because they can kind of play with, they dictate when this pitch is coming more than the hitter can get in the box and do his thing. I hope that in the end, we're all happy with the product, both length and quality of the game that they're not, you know, really, you know, speeding through something so that you feel like it's a cheaper product. I hope, like I like I said, I hope that that when you go to your game, you don't feel like you got cheated. That okay, I spent enough time. I felt like the game was a good pace. Hopefully the Astros win, obviously, and everybody goes home happy. The worst thing ever would be like to go to a game, they get shut out, and it feels like the guys are jumping in the box and just one, two, three out, you know, over and over and over again. And you feel like you're done in like 45 minutes when it was like an hour and 45 minutes. So I'm thinking you get an El Tiempo margarita, start off your game. And when you usually go back, maybe after the third inning, now it's going to be the fifth inning. And if they stop selling alcohol in the seventh inning, you're going to be rushing through margarita number two if you're a man enough for three. But that's just how I feel. Like, I don't want to be rushed. And there was even a guy that struck out waiting for the pitcher. The pitcher wasn't even ready, and the guy struck out. He's not going to stand there like in full battle stance if the guy's not going to throw it, but now they have to. So that's one thing they need to work on. But I'm all for the pitch clock, 100%. If you're watching the WVC, which we'll talk about, it's the same. you notice it more now, all the dead time before, I mean, in between the pitches, but – I just want to act. I just want to feel like I've been there. You drive three hours, it's over like that. I don't know. I just don't want to go by too fast. I enjoy it. I love being there, but I do like quality games. So don't confuse that, folks. 
Don't confuse that I don't like quality games because I do. And I really think that, you know, it, this kind of has that 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 feel where, like you said, a fan that's got a planet where this is not something that I can go do every day. I get it. There's 162 games. But when you're coming from the neighboring town three hours away, you can't you can't just make every Tuesday game. You can't make a a, a, a Thursday night nine o'clock game. It's impossible. So I think that, you know, the 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 the, the middle ground is where we got to find to make this a better product. Yeah. All right. So speaking of product, we are going to talk about the twenty six man roster on this episode. So quite easily, let's go with the starting pitcher, sir. The rotation for Amber, CJ, Luis Garcia, Jose Arquiti, Hunter Brown. And the question is, do they go with six-man rotation? I believe they do. I believe they do. And if you look at the 40-man, Belak <clears throat> or Blanco is probably your, your only two options. And a lot of people are like, Belak? Like, go sign someone else. But they're the two guys on the 40-man. If it's going to be someone other than that, they're going to have to drop somebody and bring someone up. So what do you think? I think you're forgetting one key individual who, while he is hurt, he has started throwing, and that's Lance McCullers Jr. I refuse to, you know, scratch him off the list as, as a starting pitcher in this rotation until they shelve him for the year. Opening day. Still, he's going to be on the 26 man. I don't think they take him off the the roster if he's like not on the IL or whatever. They make it sound like he'll be a middle of April guy. I think yeah. if you put him on the IL, it would have to be like longer, right? 10 days, something like that. I you can you can do that. Okay, but would it, you I mean need... if he's not going to pitch till the middle of April, they're not going to carry him on the 26 man, are they? That depends. Do you need do you need six guys at that point? Can you roll with the five that you have? Mm, I see your point. So if he was like March, or no, I'm sorry, not March. If he was like June, July, then it's a different conversation. Mid you are the April, residential genius here on the podcast. <laughs> Mid of April, you're talking about two starts. So do you really upset the apple cart for two starts? I mean, if you can put him on the seven day, he's only going to miss one one trip around. In my mind, I think they carry an extra an extra bullpen guy or they carry an extra position player while we wait because they're not gonna probably not gonna need a six man that early on. If they carry the extra bullpen arm, they can have a bullpen day if they need to. I'm with that. But I think you're right. These guys can go with a five man rotation until McCullers comes back. You're that's that's a good answer. So that is one of the questions, six-man rotation, five-man rotation. So if you go to the bull, the bullpen, you got Presley, of course, Montero, Hector Neris, Abreu, Stanek. And I'm trying to list them in order, like, of their relevance, or how uh, you ever say that on the team. And it's crazy that a guy with a 1.15 ERA, I have him as the fifth guy in the bullpen. And then number 12, is Magic Man a done deal? Is this guy going to make it? I hope he does. I don't see a scenario where if they're looking for another bullpen art, it's not Seth Martinez. Dusty Baker did nothing but gloat about this guy. He loved everything that he did when he went down, came up, went down, came up, said he did nothing wrong. 
I feel like this is one of the first guys, him, Parker Mashinsky, those guys, you can tell that those are guys that I think Dusty can trust and that he'd bring up first. So I do have Magic Man on my team. And then the the 13th pitcher, I think it's either going to be a lefty, which could be Gage or Mashinsky. If Mashinsky is healthy, dealing with a back injury right now, I believe. Or it's going to be Phil Maton. If they go with an extra reliever, it could be all of them. But I really like Matt Gage. I have some notes here on this. Mashinsky and, and Blake Taylor have been hurt. Austin Davis isn't on the roster, so he can't make it. Matt Gage, three innings, no runs, one hit and a walk. Mashinsky, if healthy. But me, I like Gage. Give me Gage, buddy. I like this dude. Dana Brown spoke about him. Uh, same, same. Very, very impressed with him. Thought he was something that he had to go out and get. If I believe it was it was a, a special set of circumstances to sign him. So I think that you put all those things together with the fact that they might need an extra bullpen arm. I can definitely see a scenario where he's on this roster opening day. Yeah, I mean, if you even if you look at Phil Maton, this guy's been on the roster for at least a couple of seasons, so he's probably going to make it. So I might be overlooking him. So maybe I don't know. I'm scared Magic Man won't make it, but I think he should. But it, it's it's some it's a tough question down at the bottom there. I wonder if it would have anything to do with what the the schedule sets up as something to you know. Guys go up, down, up, down based on matchup, that kind of thing. I knew Mashinsky was really good last year when he came up. Gage looks good. Mayton is Mayton. He's always pretty good. And Magic Man is awesome. So we'll see who makes it. I really don't know, buddy. It just depends. If they go a five-man rotation, you can see Magic Man and Mayton or or Mayton and Gage or Mushinsky. Who knows? But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see when it comes out. So I don't have an answer for that. Do you? I if if I had to bet, I would say Gage and I would say Maton. And then I think I really feel like they're gonna carry an extra bullpen arm. I really do. I think the the five man rotation seems like the way to go. Uh Robel Garcia's not not ready. Did I get did I get his name right? I believe it's Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. Um they're trying to stretch him out, but I don't think he'd be ready for that. So I think he maybe gets a spot start depending on where uh, Lance is. But all three of the other relievers that you named, I think could definitely start opening day just to have those options available to Dusty if he needs it. So longtime listener Steve said Ronel Blanco will be the sixth man. The sixth it's time. Blanco. I, I know what Garcia what did, what did I say? I said Garcia. I don't did know what I'm... you said. I said Garcia. I am listening to the first name only. I thought you were asking if you get his Yeah, Ronel Blanco with the blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, I messed it up. All right, so I have Hunter Brown penciled in in the rotation. I was a little worried about the guy. He was struggling. Not worried, worried, worried. I mean, he's the only – no one's going to take that spot from him. There's no one that's going to take it unless he just loses it. But I'm very happy with his three innings, no hit. No run. Very happy. Very relieving to see an outing like that. Well, the 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 story, I guess, if you read a lot of social media, was that Forrest was coming for his job. 
Forrest started the spring off well. Hunter struggled. Maybe Hunter wasn't, you know, ready. Maybe he just had a nice end of the season. And I was like, you guys got to relax. I saw it all over Twitter, like, relax. Like, like Hunters will be fine. And then funny thing, Hunter pitched great to, uh, yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. Yeah. And Dusty spoke about trying to get him somebody he was familiar with. So he got him Corey Lee where, you know, Maldi's obviously doing the world baseball classic. And as soon as he had a, a catcher that he was familiar with that called the game, you know, kind of felt him out, he pitched well. And, and not that he pitched bad before. If you followed some of Hunter's games, he walked a lot of batters, but a lot of pitches were borderline that some he should have got the call, some he didn't get the call. So I never thought there was an issue to worry about Hunter Brown. I think he's going to be just fine and much to do about nothing starting off the season or spring training with a little rust. Dubin and Whitley were both optioned today. So either today or yesterday. So they're not threatening his job now. Uh, let's talk about this. Let me just throw this out there. Yesterday, our boy Luke Berryhill sang the national anthem, and he and it's funny because his dad sent me the starting lineup, and he was in it, so he was gonna DH and sing, but then uh, Dusty didn't realize that he wasn't ready. He's dealing with the a wrist injury. All right, so what have I not talked about? Justin Durden. Let's talk about this guy. He is really, really threatening these guys on the roster to come up and take it, take their spot. I talked about him last time. I don't predict he's going to come out of camp because he's not on the 40-man, but sometime during the season, he's going to be wearing an Astros uniform. I don't know who they're going to – they're going to have to make a trade or get rid of – or DFA somebody, or maybe there's someone (laughs) they can send down because he's not on the 40-man. And that's why I'm, I'm saying he's not going to make it. And he's also only had 128 ABs in AAA. So he needs a little bit more work. But I do think we'll see him 100%. I think he is putting two guys in particular on notice. As in, you've got the first two, three months of the season to figure it out or they're going to find you somewhere else to be. And that is Mauricio Dubon and... uh Jake, Jake Myers. Myers. Yes. Those two guys, he's coming. He's coming. And all he does is rake. And he plays, I, I, from what I've seen, more than adequate defense. Guys young, fast. The way he's hitting, those guys can't afford to have two bad months because they will not be a member of this roster. All right. Looking at the offensive side of the roster, you got Martin Maldonado. Abreu, Altuve, Pena, Bregman, Chaz McCormick, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker. And then I have Jake Myers in the start because I don't think – I think he's probably going to rotate around with people. I don't know – I don't know the – the thing about Jordan, I think he's light swinging. I read that he was swinging on light pitches. And I actually have something about him on the back page. I don't want to get to that yet. But let's talk about backup catcher. Corey Lee versus Yiner Diaz. Corey's number seven. Diaz number two. A, they both make the roster while waiting for Michael Brantley is a possibility. And it said uh, if they don't, 
if they whoever does make the backup is going to get to learn a lot from Maldi. We have the guys from Full Seam Ahead. They said Yiner Diaz will be the backup to Maldi. Debbie, not Darby, says Corey Lee will be the backup. Lee, better defense. He had a second home run of spring training today. Diaz went three for four with two doubles and an RBI today. My pick already on paper is Corey Lee. And now that you said that Hunter Brown pitched well with Corey Lee, a catcher, <laughs> cement it, buddy. Corey <laughs> Lee on the roster. But I, th- I think they both might make it. It'll be interesting. I know Yiner has worked in other positions to try to be more flexible, which I think would give him an opportunity to make this roster. There are other guys that are that are in line in front of him that I think make you know more sense. I haven't put it all in front of me to see exactly how many spots we're talking about, but obviously David Hensley's one. You've got the Dubon. <laughs> oh, okay, there it is. But uh, you've got Dubon. You've got like 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 we talked about Justin Durden. So it's really going to be interesting because some of these guys have had amazing springs. So can you afford to carry three catchers if you've got a guy that you feel that can help because Brantley's not ready, because Jordan's not ready? Somebody that you can plug into that 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 corner outfield spot and go, okay, he'll he'll hold down the fort, you know. Maybe not not tear the cover off the ball, but he's been hitting all spring. He can keep hitting, you know, we can see if he can keep hitting opening day, you know, first couple weeks of the season, that kind of deal. Me personally, I feel like it's Corey Lee's job to lose, especially like we talked about. Dusty went out of his way to say, I put Corey Lee with Hunter Brown. I, that For me, it just seems like he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't say that if it didn't feel like that was like a pairing that he could see going forward. Personal catcher type stuff. So I have on my list that I wrote uh, the roster spot number 10 on the offense side of the ball is Corey Lee or Diaz. So I give it to Lee. I I actually didn't. I had both their names on there. And then I have David Hensley. The guy started in the World Series. No way he doesn't make it. And then I have Dubon. Was here all last year. I have him on here too. (laughs) Very flexible. And at the bottom, the last spot I have J.J. Matichevic or Yiner Diaz? I didn't even talk about J.J. J.J. had big at-bats too last year. So first base could could spell uh, Abreu. I don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, it's a good problem to have. It's better to have too much than not enough always. And right now the Astros definitely have too much because – their 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 space cowboy roster is gonna be a very talented roster, and who knows what that means? We could definitely talk about them moving some guys around, being players at the trade deadline for an ace. I mean, it just depends on where we're at when we get there. They may do nothing. So if you if let's say Corey Lee does make it, and then Yiner Diaz doesn't, because if you look at it, yeah, he's flexible, and yeah, he'll help the team. But wouldn't it benefit him or Corey Lee, whoever doesn't make it, to be in AAA? Because they'd get a lot more work. They wouldn't be sitting on the bench making spot starts or pinch hitting. I think whoever doesn't make it, it would benefit them to be in Triple H. So if you have one of them, then you have 
I thought Lou Berryhill was going to be in triple triple A, but I almost said triple H, and I may have said that earlier. <laughs> did I? I? I don't think so. Oh, God. I, I didn't hear it. So you have Caesar Salazar has been doing decent in spring training. CJ Stubbs is another guy who's been doing good. And then you have Luke Berryhill. So one of these guys will be the backup to one of our guys, and then the other two will be in double A. So I just I just think that my boy Luke Berryhill will probably start in Corpus. That's my prediction because he's going to get more work. Yeah, he would be the starting catcher there. He's already been there. Uh, I think he's still on track on a nice pace. Like, I don't think he's been in Corpus too long. I think that's the, the thing with Corey Lee, right? Corey Lee's been at Sugarland probably all he needs to be there. So, like, if he, if you don't feel he's the guy, you might as well move him because you yeah. got, like we talked about, we got He Luke lit it up in AAA when they moved him back down. Exactly. He's, too, he's too good for AAA. So, so he almost needs to make the club or he needs to be moved because a demotion yeah. now doesn't help him. You don't, you don't get the most out of that asset. Yeah. You end up hurting that product. So you, you got to do something. And then likewise, like we said, with all these other catchers that are kind of pushing to get it to the top, that for me, it makes sense that Corey Lee makes it on that basis. Yiner's still good enough to be at AAA and not be, all right, I need to go somewhere. I need to do something. I don't think yeah. he's he's topped out there yet. So for that reason, I could see him starting in Sugarland. I really hope Luke makes it to Sugarland. Like I know he doesn't have to, but I know the guy's good. I wanted him to make it. You know, and something, a thing, a couple of things, blah, 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 that people may not know is Luke Berryhill plays first base and he's also he also plays the outfield. And he said he played one. There was a game he played outfield, and he actually made the highlight reel for Corpus or Astros Future or somebody. And that was his only game he played outfield. And he said, I don't know why they don't put me back out there. But the guy's versatile, <laughs> and I want him to be in Sugarland. But again, like Yiner Diaz, is it better for him to be the starter in AAA or sit on the bench in Houston? And that's the same thing for Luke. Is it benefiting more to sit behind Diaz? Or does it help him more to get more work in in Corpus? If you ask him, he probably wants to be in AAA no matter what. So I don't know, but we'll see. All right. All right, so I got more on Yordan here, buddy. He's expected to – I got actually some uh, uh, injury updates. Yordan expected to be back opening day. Are you worried? Like I said, soft swings in the batting cage on uh, March 10th and 12th. He has no issues, but, you know, he's not hitting live balls or anything yet. He said, I don't think it's a matter of how many at-bats. It's just when I feel good and comfortable. So I don't – it doesn't seem like he's worried about it. I'm worried about it because the season's getting close. Brantley's out for personal matters, and he probably isn't going to be ready. Uh, for opening day, and Lance McCullers threw 30 pitches on flat ground return in April. What do you think about these guys? I know we already kind of touched on them, but. The thing with Jordan, and it's not a concern, more more or less like a frustration, is that 
if he's dealing with something that you could possibly fix surgically and it, it costs you a couple of months of the season, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'd much rather him do that and not feel any pain. You know, we are talking about one of the cornerstones of this offense, in my opinion. And, and I get it. You know, can he play through it? Sure. Can he, can he do the warrior thing? Absolutely. But does he have to on this team? No. Could they, could they go two months? If you told me in December that, Hey, he's got something in his hand, a minor procedure, it would keep him out four months, but he would miss opening day. I'd much rather do that. This stuff where he's like, ah, it kind of hurts me. And then I got to take a couple weeks off and then I feel good. And then I got to take a couple weeks. Like, like I understand like playing through pain, but I'd much rather you just get right. This team is so good. I could care less how much, how many games he plays through the 162. If he's 110% ready to go when they win. And if they go into the postseason. Like that, that for me, that's more important than anything. And I just think that the more he tries to play through it, eventually he's going to come to, it's going to come to a head. It seems like it always happens. Lance did the same thing. And I'd much rather him not do that and just get whatever he needs to get done. than string it out. Michael Brantley, something's going on with it, with a family matter that is, that is, apparently pretty severe because he's been gone for a long period of time. But again, I'm not worried about it because the team's deep, the roster's deep. We, we talked about all these position players that, that could you know, fill in for a small amount of time. He's not hurt. This will be something that I think will get ironed out. Lance throwing is a big deal. Whatever Lance has got going on. I feel like Lance and Jordan are on the same plane. Like they're doing the same thing. They're managing and for me, I'd rather get it fixed so they're not doing that, so they're good to go. But I think Lance will be fine. He misses two, three starts, and he pitches 150 innings, like you said. All right, so we got a little bit. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about the World Baseball Classic, and then we have five new fair fouls. So we'll get to that right after this. All right, we are back. WBC. This is all I know. It's pretty exciting. I haven't got to watch too much, but watching Luis Garcia striking out Jeremy Pena on all breaking balls. <laughs> I mean, he has the he has the uh, scattering report on him, right? So this has got to be the wildest thing. It, it, I won't say in the history of baseball, but in a long time, because there are thirteen Astros spread across all these teams, and nobody knows them better than them. You know, they see him every day, all the time, all the all the chinks in the armor. So to see our guys face our guys, Hector Neris going against Jose Altuve the other day, like there's so much gamesmanship going back and forth. It's just, it's wild. So do you think Luis Garcia didn't know exactly how to attack Jeremy Pena? Absolutely he did. And he showed it and he did not, he didn't deviate. He's like, nope, this is, this is how I'm doing it. And I mean, it's fun to watch. It's tough because you're like, your your heart's on both sides of that, right? Like, yeah. you want Jeremy to blow one out of the park. You want Luis to, to K him. So, you know, you're kind of like torn, but it's a lot of fun. Venezuela seems like uh, the team to beat right now. But Altuve, you talked about 
Naris. Naris almost took his head off, and Dusty Baker's like, "Whoa, guy!" Whoa. <laughs> but the U.S. It, USA was struggling a little bit against Great Britain, but pretty much a powerhouse. And it was pretty cool to see. Uh, I'm going to try to get that guy on the podcast if I can, but I, I don't know what team he plays for. I think he's still in the minor leagues. But a guy from Israel. It's like he was a little. He was 12 years ago or something. He took a picture with Altuve. And then at the World Baseball Classic, they took a picture together again. It was so cool. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to find him, buddy. <laughs> I hope you do. Because I thought that was a really cool story. Real neat. Uh, it shows that, you know, fans of the game or fans of the game, no matter what what their uniform they're, they're wearing. Uh, you talked about Team USA, King Tuck doing King Tuck things. Yeah. I think this, this tournament's so good for these guys that are playing in it because it gets your adrenaline pumping. They're going to start the season with a different level. I think uh, spring training just doesn't give you that same environment that this world baseball class is given. I mean, and you can see it in the crowds. Some of those crowds are amazing. Like they make other baseball fans look really bad the way they're cheering on this world baseball classic. I think it's totally going to benefit all the Astros in the WBC because they've got live competition games that they really care about winning. So they're going to be, I think they're going to be game ready more than the guys that aren't in it. All right. So let's get to fair foul. Number one, I'm glad you didn't mention this <laughs> fair foul. Those great Britain uniforms are the worst uniforms you've ever seen. That, that is hundred percent fair. And, and it's so bad because this tournament's so good. And you see some of the other uniforms, they're, 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 they're a little bit better done, but that would, man, that's a high school uniform. It's, it's horrible. It's not even high school. It's like, <laughs> you're, it's like you went to Hobby Lobby and bought a, a blank Jersey and sewed the little numbers on there, make it bigger, change the font, do something. That uniform was hideous. Canada I mean, was it, really bad too. Yeah. It, I mean, it's kind of like the Red Sox away uniforms, very basic with just the name. But what's up with that font? How small it was? Super foul, horrible uniforms. Number two. So me and the wife went to Cracker Barrel for dinner. This is the second time we did it recently. And both times we got loaded French fries, which if you don't know what that is, folks, it is cheese Bacon bits and I guess something else. I have no idea. So it's kind of like when you get a loaded baked potato with the with the sour cream and chives and bacon bits. Fair foul, loaded fries are better than loaded mashed potatoes. Ooh. I'm gonna say foul because I love a loaded baked potato. But I mean, when you say loaded baked potato for me, I feel like you gotta put brisket on it. I feel like you gotta you gotta do it up. And I don't know that the fries would, would equal to it. But real quick, I too, last week, week before last, went to Cracker Barrel for dinner and I had the the tots. Have you had those tots? No. They're like, it's it's like a, uh, it's like a loaded tot. Yeah, loaded tots. Oh man. I'll get them next time. Change we'll your them. life. They I'll are get them next so time. Good. We'll add them to the list. So good. <laughs> so I say fries, if I haven't answered that already. I do love a, a loaded mashed potato, but I guess they're kind of different though. Like a like a loaded French fries is more of an appetizer, but I could eat it with a burger. But they're really good. I mean, 
I think I think what the loaded part does for fries does more than it does for the potato. But both are five star. Both are five star. I disagree because I feel like fries, good fries, you can eat without all the loaded stuff and they'd still be good fries. That's the only a thing baked, ketchup is good on. A baked potato? The baked potato can be made to perfection. And if there's nothing in it, it still probably come off like, eh. I, I, when, for me, if I order a potato, it's got to have it. It's got to have the sour cream. It's got to have I the need chives, is butter. the bacon Just bits. give me butter. I don't, all I need is butter. All I need is fries, though. I don't need any of this stuff. <laughs> but anyway. All right, number three, you may be too young for this. Fair or foul, they should bring back the bench seat So in your vehicle. And it's just one big long seat. Now they're all bucket seats with the things in the middle. And the older guys will remember, if you're listening, folks, your girl can sit right next to you instead of all the way across the other side of the truck. So bring them back. They're not as fancy, but bring them back. My last truck had them. Sort of, but the armrest came down, but you could bring it up and six people could sit. But I would love to sit next to my woman. So I say, bring it back. Fair. <laughs> I'm going to say it's all the way foul. I've never thought I needed somebody in my personal space. But the minute you said the bench beat, the minute you said the bench seat, I knew that's exactly where you were going. <laughs> like you wanted your lady. And I feel like there's, there's a certain group of people that, that feels that way, you know, that, that need them there. There's a certain group of people like, look, she looks amazing. And we can have all the same conversations with her on the other side of my console. <laughs> you got to have a hand on their leg, buddy. Oh, no. That's real. Not, not for me. Not, not so, for me. So I'm trying we, to drive, not not anything else. <laughs> this is a this is a former fair foul from the past. When we said fair foul sitting next to your your partner at restaurants. And I believe you said foul. You you yeah. sit across from them. So anyway, they tried to sit us in a two-seater. And I'm like, we'd rather sit there because we want to sit next to each other. So maybe we're just lovey-dovey. I don't know what it is. All right. So sticking with my Cracker Barrel meal, because honestly, I told you I was ready to go today, and I only had two fair fouls, and I'm trying to write them down while you're talking. So <laughs> I wasn't prepared, folks. Number four, I believe. Fair foul, fried okra. Because I got foul. fried okra on my meal. Mm-mm, super fair. It's so good. Foul for me. I've had it. Uh, I'm over it. I'm not an okra guy by itself. Definitely not an okra guy when it's fried. You can, you can put anything else on my plate but fried okra. Crazy. So good. <laughs> All right. Number five. This is my friend, Mike. I don't, he doesn't listen to the podcast. He's not a baseball guy, but he knows that I do it and he knows about fair or foul. He sent me a picture and it said, I don't know what the Hidden Valley Ranch or somebody, but they're coming out with a new ranch flavored ice cream to Walmart. So foul. A ranch dressing flavored ice cream. So I don't know what's going on with these kids today. I, I, the, the kids that I know, they put ranch on everything. So foul. And then there was a kid that was 
they the parents bought him a big huge bottle of ranch dressing for Christmas, and the guy was so happy. What is it? They just like to kill all the flavor. You're just tasting know. ranch dressing. It's ridiculous. It's foul. Ranch dressing.